Y'all, if I had the right cord, I would insert the audio from that gif of the Titanic lady saying, it's been 84 years, because that's how long duck season felt like. And we loved every single freaking second of it. This is our duck season recap. This is Travis flying solo on a Monday night. Um, guys, I'm exhausted. I usually try to keep the energy up. I'm pretty real. Like I'm pretty authentic who I am on the podcast, but there are days when you're like, okay, get it together. Thompson, you gotta, you gotta sound like you want to be here. If I get to drag in a little bit, I'm sorry. I am worn slap out, but I am happy to be back in the uh, audio chair and <laughs> Emily is not here. And I have a list of things that Emily told me to tell you guys. Um, she was about to fall asleep in on the couch and I was like, look, I can, I got, I got this. So she told me to tell you hi. She told me to tell you that she's created a Super Bowl playlist. Um, if you guys haven't seen the Super Bowl halftime, uh, uh, whoever the, uh, the performance, the trailer for the performers for everybody that's going to be there, Eminem, Dr. Dre, uh, Mary J. Blige. Like it is Snoop Dogg. If you, if you late nineties, early 2000, like hip hop music scene, if you are a fan of that, this is your jam and you're going to, you're going to have a big time with the Super Bowl. Um, she also advised that if you have never been a part of our group thread during the Super Bowl, it is the, one of the funnest threads on the internet. It'll be basically like Twitter, just confined to a single group. So it's always a good time. Um, that's cast and blast Florida, the group. Then she asked me a whole bunch of questions about potatoes to pass along to you guys. If someone were to serve you a burger, but they gave it, no, I'm not asking you that. And then she she had she said this is an ex, existential potato question. So I'll let her get back to that when she gets back next week. Um, also, she told me to tell you that she loves all of you. I don't know if that's exactly true. I don't know if she loves all of you. I don't know if she knows all of you. But I'm sure like in her heart of hearts, she meant that. Um, if you are new to the podcast, this is Cast and Blast Florida. And I am one of your hosts, Travis Thompson. And in addition to doing this and doing a lot of conservation work, I'm also a waterfowl guide. We like to say Florida's only full-time waterfowl guide and what a full-time it was. So every year after duck season, I try to do a duck season recap type episode. And so I've got eight things that I want to tell you guys about uh, from duck season. And then just a couple of housekeeping items as far as Cast and Blast goes. In fact, one of those I'm going to hit right now off the top. That is, if you go to castandblastfl.com and click on the store link, we are having a ridiculous sale on all of our hats. They are $15 with shipping included. So I'm going to say the average shipping around Florida is like three bucks. So you're really getting one of our hats for $12, which is about cost or a little bit less than cost. So um, we're just trying to liquidate our energy, our inventory. Um, We'll have more hats, but we've got some new designs and some new stuff that we're trying to get uh, our stock liquidated. I can't keep track of everything because I'm a one-man show on shipping and receiving as far as that goes. So I'm just trying to clean some of it up and uh, figure we'd pass it along and see if you guys want to order anything. So please go check that today because I'm planning to go to the post office and ship some tomorrow, which would be Wednesday when this airs on Tuesday. So be either Wednesday or Thursday when I go to the, the post office and drop them off. So if you can get an order in, you should have it by end of the week, maybe the weekend. Um, so here's my list of things about duck season I wanted to talk about. First thing is new hunters. 
Um, this is, if, if you've listened to me, listen to us for any length of time, you know, this is a thing that's always been near and dear to our heart. So, uh, a few years back we did the pay your age promotion. Then we did the help me hunt promotion. Then we did the teach me conservation promotion. And it's all been aimed at getting new people out, uh, chasing waterfowl, talking to them about conservation, showing them why we love Florida, the way we love Florida. And so uh, this year we did not do a promotion because as I've talked about a little bit on here, I partner with Matt Pierce and, and um, we're running a lot of private land hunts on Saturdays, some of them on Sundays, but most of them on Saturdays. And uh, then I was still running my boat trips, you know, the rest of the time. So this year combined between, between uh, the stuff we did with Matt's property and on my boat, we had 46 hunters kill their first duck with us. So that's a new record, I think by 15, looking at, at my past records. I thought we'd killed 33 one year, but we I guess it was 31. So um, we're up by 15 over previous years. And we actually had a few more new hunters that did not get to kill a duck with us. Um, but hopefully they're going to come back next year and we can we can write that wrong. Um, so really excited about that. That's a big deal. Uh, if you're if you're new to the podcast, just hang with us because we talk about conservation as much as we talk about Taylor Swift and all the banality but um you know duck stamps federal duck stamps are one of the most successful conservation programs on the planet by law 98 percent of that has to go to conservation and i'm not talking uniforms and trucks i'm talking uh the the procurement of land so the national wildlife refuge system which so many people get to enjoy around the country built largely on the backs of waterfowl stamp sales uh, that's 24 dollars and 50 cents from every 25 dollar purchase it's also the largest, maybe the only federal, federally managed, federally subsidized art contest. I, I forget. There's an interview we did with Rebecca Knight a couple of years ago where she talks about it. Um, it's a very cool program. Like I love everything about duck stamps. I love the art of it. There's one hanging in my office right behind me as I'm recording this. Um, it's just it's so uniquely cool. And as we talk about hunting as concert, as conservation, particularly in Florida, um, something you're going to hear me rant about in the future uh, as we go forward, and you've probably heard bits and pieces of me ranting about in the past, is the way uh, conservation is funded in Florida and the fact that we've kind of marginalized hunters as conservationists a little bit with our with our consumptive use dollars. Um, that's a thing that's not true around the nation, but in Florida we've, we've definitely negated that a little bit. Well, duck stamps are still a way that by buying that stamp you are contributing to conservation. So I don't care if you duck hunt or don't duck hunt. Spending that 25 bucks is a big deal. And in addition to allowing you to take waterfowl, it also gives you uh, free admission to most national wildlife refuges. I think all national wildlife refuges. So you just flash that um, at, at the at the entry gate if there's a check station or whatever. You can go to Merritt Island or you can go to St. Mark's in Florida. Like a, you, you can get into any of those with your duck stamp. So please buy a duck stamp. Every year we try to do a big push and get a bunch of people to buy them. Um, I know the hunting public does a big push. They've bought hundreds of thousands of dollars of duck stamps over the year. So, uh, John Oliver did his big piece and we did a, a recording about that earlier, uh, in the fall. So you can go check that out. I may find it and put a link in the show notes, but new hunters. First thing I wanted to talk about, it's always a great, I, it's always great to spend some time out there with them. It definitely changes your perspective. If you are chasing stacks of ducks and I want to be careful here. Nothing at all wrong with chasing stacks of ducks. I want to kill my limit of birds every time I go out. That's why we get up in the morning and we go is we want to shoot ducks. Like that's, that's part of the program. 
But at the end of the day, if it's only about chasing stack, I, I, I hunted, uh, there were 69 days you could duck hunt in Florida this year. By the time we get done with the Veterans Weekend and the last youth day, it'll be 70, what is that, 71, 73 days that I could have been out duck hunting. Um, let's be very, very honest. There's not many people that are going to be stacking limits more than about 15 or 20 of those days. It's just very difficult to do, particularly on public land, particularly on private land, particularly without quota permits, particularly with quota permits. Like it's just hard to do day in, day out. You are subject to so many. Well, that was weird how I said subject. You're subjected to so many different weather patterns and migratory birds and just a lot going on. Pressure on them, pressure like barometric pressure. It's just so much affecting them. And so um, anyway, it's, it's, I don't know how I quite got off on that tangent, but where I was going was it's just so refreshing when you look at hunting through the eyes of a new hunter. Um, so often for them, they are thrilled to touch a bird. They are thrilled to pick up a bird. They are thrilled to see a model duck for the first time up close. And, you know, a model duck's a pretty unremarkable duck when you think about it in comparison to a wood duck or a pintail or a, a drake shoveler. But when you hold it up close and examine it, it's a gorgeous duck. Like the intricacy of the of the feather work and the speculum and the way the iridescence shines through it and the lines on the head and the way the feather work changes on the neck and the bill. And man, every duck you pick up, be it a, a early season blue wing teal or just across the board, man, they're all just so special and so unique. And when you see a first time hunter, a new hunter, look at whatever that thing is through their eyes. Um, it really takes you back and says, wow, this is, this is a big deal. It's important. You want to load back up and get ready to get you another one for sure. But it, it really is a good reality check and a good kind of where are we at and what are we, what are we really caring about check? Uh, when we can, when we can take a moment and look at it through that. The second thing that I made a note on uh, a lot more lighthearted is a failure to take photos. Um, this is probably my least uh, camera phone intensive season ever. Um, I just did not slow down enough to take photos, which I regret uh, immensely because that is a thing that I always kind of really appreciate. I always encourage my clients like at the end of a hunt, I'm always like, Hey, let's, let's take a few minutes. Let's take five minutes and let's pose with the ducks and let's pose with the family and the dogs and everything else. And really, give you some memories to take with you. And that was a thing I was bad about this year. Um, but the third thing that I've got on my list is fortunately we had a lot of photographers involved in our life this year. So uh, I've been able to put out a lot more content where I write the words to go along with their photos. But um, you know, all these names, but Carrie Bible, RC Gilliland, uh, Eric Orlando, Alex Sturgill, uh, and then Michael Martin, I'll talk about in just a second. But Every one of these guys came and gave us at least one Saturday. Some of them, I think RC gave us two or three Saturdays where, yeah, they wanted to shoot some ducks while they were there, but they also brought their camera and I carted them around and let them take pictures of, of guests that we had and, and asked them to take pictures of birds so we could talk about conservation and some of the uses of the land and just a really, really, really cool kind of thing that uh, I'm so proud that we did and I look forward to doing in the future. And I'm talking, I'm going to talk about Michael Martin specifically here for a minute because Michael gave up several weekends of his life to come just ride around with us, not even pick up a gun, but just carry around his camera. And, and 
I can't. I would guess he gave me 500, 600 photos by the end of the season. And so he gets tagged a lot more than the other guys just simply based on the volume of photos he was able to take. And he was around one of our camps, one of our new hunter camps, and was able to take a bunch of photos there. But all those guys, super thankful for him. Appreciate them capturing the stuff that I was – I don't believe I was actually too busy to capture. I didn't make it a priority like I should have. And like I said, I kind of regret that. But at the same time, I cannot thank them enough for, like I said, giving up some of their Saturdays and coming and hanging out with us and, and documenting some of the things. The next thing I want to talk about is something that everyone loves, and that is the dogs. I think I mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks back. But, man, just one of the big pleasures of running so many clients through is seeing all the dogs, getting to pet all the dogs, uh, seeing the owners with their dogs, like, for some people, for me, duck hunting is more about the camaraderie. I used to duck hunt with a dog a lot, um, but he's been gone a few years. And so now I don't run a dog. A lot of my public land spots, I can't run a dog safely. Like it just doesn't feel good to me. Um, so being, being able to see these guys with their dogs, like so many of them, I think they could care less about the ducks they shoot, but they want to shoot all the ducks just so their dog can go pick them up. They don't care if you shoot the ducks and their dog can go pick them up. They just want to make sure their dog can go pick stuff up. Um, and I, the other thing that I love is I love the names. So I wrote some of them down that I can remember off the top of my head. There's there's Waylon. We call Waylon the first dog. Like you have the first lady or the first man. Uh, Waylon is the first dog of our, our operation. That's Harry Huff's dog. Um, then we have, I, I just, I'll quickly take these off. Stella, Bandit. Stella's the one that can never... She force fetches fine, but she always holds her head up in the air when she does it. So she always looks so proud. Uh, Bandit is Scott Heath's dog. He's been on the podcast before. We talked about Bandit and Rosie. Moshi, Bimini, Scout, Greg, which I just want to mention, Greg is named after Greg Maddox. That's Blake Holtzauer's dog, and that's a fantastic name. Uh, I said Scout. We've actually had three different Scouts out there. Atticus, another uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. If we have Scout, we have Atticus. Uh, Hagen, Mary, Penny, Maverick, Doc, Buford, Julep, Boggs, who I'll talk about really quick in just a second. Kalik is almost a mascot that we have now. Kalik is the golden retriever you'll see in some of our photos. Uh, and he's named Kalik after the beer, which that's the sound that the bottles make when you clink them together, Kalik. Uh, but I've he's only the second golden retriever I've ever seen that hunted, and he is fantastic. The dog is a machine. That's uh, Kent Marinkovich's dog. Uh, and then Boggs, which you probably saw my post this past weekend. Boggs is uh, owned by Chad Hunt, who is the field operations, uh, the field expert manager for Drake Waterfowl. And uh, Boggs is going to be 11 soon. He's a yellow lab. He, he is. He has picked up now basically every duck he can retrieve in North America. This was species number 40, was the model duck, was really special. Um, he, so he got that he picked Boggs picked up number 40 on Matt's property on Saturday. Um, but his owner did not kill one. So I actually ran them on Sunday and, uh, on public land, we only killed one bird, but it was a modeled and that was Chad's bird. He shot it and Khalid got to pick it up. And that, that was a really special moment for me to be able to see there. I don't want to say voyeuristically, but almost, almost voyeuristically, like, it was it was Chad and his son Bowden and and his buddy Grant and Grant's wife Crystal and Chris and their son Gage, just really special to see like these people were there to celebrate that dog 
they, of course, again, like I said earlier, they would have loved to have piled up, you know, 20, 25 ducks. But at the end of the day, what they were most excited about was celebrating that dog and sharing that moment with that dog. And man, that's special. <laughs> that is that is some kind of special. I'll probably circle back to that in just a second with with one of my, my last things I want to talk about from duck season. But um, the the next thing that's on my list, number five for duck season, is weird water. Um, on on Matt's properties, we did not pump water. We kind of we kind of let it run its course this year to see what happened, uh, see what the birds did, see where they ended up. Um, I will say it was intentional. It was intentional. We lost a lot more water than we thought we'd lose. I think at the end of the season, um, very quickly, but. We learned a lot. We we found the wellheads. We found uh, where we're going to pump water, where we're going to hold water, where we're going to plant. Like we've got a plan now moving forward, but not just there. That that's one hunt a week. Uh, as I move around the state, you know, we talk about Lake Okeechobee water levels all the time. That's a hot topic in conservation circles and environmental circles. But reality, um, if you go up the Kissimmee system, a lot of that I spend a lot of time on during duck season. Well, and not during duck season too. Uh, but as the water levels are managed differently on those different lakes, uh, it was just a little bizarre the way the water was held, moved, where the water was, how the water was. I'm not going to name the specific lakes because I don't want to give away all the spots that I like to hunt. But um, it was just a little bizarre. We didn't have water in places we normally would have had water. And we had what felt like a lot of water in some places that you would think would have been lower in water um, it's just a strange year water wise, which I think maybe you could say that every year in Florida, but there's been more consistency. It felt like the last few years, although as a conservation guy, I'm really excited to see those water levels fluctuate some because that's going to stimulate new plant growth. And in one of them specifically that was exceedingly low, um, the, the habitat, the marsh that I usually hunt is loaded with duck food. If the water level gets up next year, we have a heavy rain year or whatever, that marsh is going to be premier. So I can't wait to see how that comes back around. All right. I've got uh, three more things as thoughts about duck season. And I, I'm not sure what order I should do these in, but I'm going to do them this way. The first one is Harry Huff. I just want to mention my buddy, Harry Huff. Uh, Harry's been to the live show. He's been a podcast guy for a long time. Um, but we could not have done the private land stuff we did this year without Harry's help. Uh, he's got some experience doing that. He's so good with people. Um, and he's Wayland's owner, but man, just so refreshing to find a guy that has just an infectious personality, but he is so thrilled to be out there with people and, and work with them and works his tail off to get them in the right position to kill ducks, to kill their first ducks, to have a better experience, to kill something of a certain species. Um, He's, I, I can't tell you the amount of work that guy put in behind the scenes, driving up and down the road, picking up blinds, moving stuff around, meeting me early so that we could, um, you know, move canoes or move, move equipment around or hook up trailers or anything else. So many people, uh, have, have contributed this season, but Harry, I just have to single him out because he, he just, he's, you know, part of the engine that makes this whole thing work. And I'm, I'm just thankful for him. In fact, I got really sick over Christmas. Don't know if it was Omicron. Don't know if it was cold. Don't know if it was exhaustion, what it was, but I actually had to bail on a charter. Um, it was, it was on land. It was on a boat. It was, it was a 
walk-in charter. But uh, Harry took the day off work and ran that trip for me. Like just somebody like that that you can count on in my world is like God Almighty. Like what a special guy. Speaking of special guys, the other guy that I'm going to kind of fawn over for just a second here is is Matt Pierce. Like you guys have heard me interview him before. Um, we have become really good friends, but a lot of this season doesn't happen without Matt. Uh, those 46 hunters probably looks more like 15 hunters without Matt. And for a rancher to be the one that takes the first step and reaches out to, to someone like me and says, Hey, can we put something together here? Can we put a program together here? Can we, can we do something to where we can open these gates, um, be covered as far as liability goes, but also share this land and, and share this resource that we have and, and do it maybe in a way that's a little bit different than other people have looked at. Um, that's a special kind of dude. And so, uh, I, I can't thank him enough for trusting us with his, with his land, um, with being around his cattle, with his gates, like letting us, letting us kind of manage who comes in and who goes out of those. And then the other thing that's so important here is something he talks about. If you, if you spend two minutes with Matt, you will hear him talk about sharing your heritage. When he was the president of Florida Cattlemen's Association, he said, we've got to share our heritage. And I've, I've used this on the podcast many times, but he said, you know, a cattleman wants to, to shut the gate and go work his cows and keep his head down. And um, in conservation and in agriculture these days in Florida, you can get demonized pretty quickly. You can get uh, marginalized pretty quickly. And one of the things that the ranching community needed to do was they needed to celebrate their heritage and they needed to start to share what goes on behind those gates with people outside those gates, people outside the ranching community and being able to do these duck hunts out there on his properties was another way we were able to share that. And Matt did not have to be there every day at four o'clock. Matt did not have to be there every day to help us cart people around. You know, a lot of ranchers, you, you enter into some kind of lease with them or, or, or some kind of program with them. And they're like, okay, let us know how it goes. He chose to be there every week and he would stand out there and talk to folks as long as they wanted to talk. And he would, he would put them in the truck and cart them around and he would show them alligators and he would show them bulls and he would show them cows and he would show them deer. And just, I cannot stress to you guys enough, um, what this takes to pull off and, and having someone like him, uh, if we had 50 Matt Pierce's in Florida, and maybe we do, I just don't know who they are, but if we had 50 Matt Pierce's in Florida, it'd be a, a much better state. Now, I'm, I'm sure he'll listen to this. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And I, I know we've talked offline and stuff too, but um, I just wanted our world to kind of know, like this doesn't happen without folks like him behind, behind this. Which brings me to my last kind of uh, duck season point. And that is... <sighs> For, for some folks, I'll probably circle around this for five minutes, but for some folks, duck season is all about stacks. Um, for me personally, and this is kind of woven through everything I've said here, I think duck season is all about community. And if we make it simply about stacking up ducks, we're going to see it continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle because it's just hard to do. I, I remember as a kid always having this dream of going to Arkansas because all I ever saw on TV was all these mallards piled up in the timber in Arkansas or all these mallards piled up in rice fields in Arkansas. And really, in reality, I've been to Arkansas. I've been to Arkansas several times. That's not always what happens. Like there are days when the magic hits, but there are a lot of days when it doesn't click. That's the reality of hunting. 
And so we love to tell the best day. That's the social media experience a little bit, right? Is you don't see when you get in a fight with your spouse on social media, you only see the happy anniversary, happy birthday posts. And I think there's an inauthenticity to the hunting community a little bit. I'll dance into that probably, you know, in the next month or so a little bit, cause it's really been uh, eaten, eaten away at me, but there's an inauthenticity a little bit in the outdoors industry, um, to where we sell something that's not real. We sell something that's phony and it, I'd almost equate it to like the sex sells kind of, um, mentality of, 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 you know, using it in, in uh, Geez, Travis, don't get yourself in too much trouble here. But you get the idea, like you can put a scantily clad woman out there and sell beer. I get that. You can put a stack of ducks out there and sell duck hunts. Um, but really, what are we selling or what, what's the lifestyle that we're promoting at that point? I tend to believe, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I um, am too optimistic or too pie in the sky about this, but I just believe in my heart of hearts that we can do better as a, as an outdoors industry, as an outdoors community, by promoting the people we should be promoting, by telling the stories we should be telling. And there are days when ducks are going to descend, man, if you've never seen a group of ringers like spiraling out of the sky, you can hear their wings. Like it feels like 500 yards up, man, that's a special experience. But if you've also never, you know, played games or, nicknamed each other or picked on each other in a duck blind where you were out there and it looks like you had picked the only spot in the world where there were no ducks. Um, that's a special experience too. And I want it all. I want, I want the big piles, but I also am thankful for every day I get to spend outside in these special places. And where I was going with all of this is I'm really thankful for the community that I get to be a part of. And a lot of that, 90% of that is rooted somehow into this podcast, um, there are some that, that aren't rooted in the podcast and I still love them and appreciate them being part of our community community. But whether it's the Facebook group, whether it's real life showing up at a hunt, whether it's being one of my clients, whether it's just being a friend, um, just this community that we're a part of is just such a special, special, unique thing. I, we've had other people ask about it and seek to understand it. I don't know how I, I I've said it a couple of times. Like I, I don't know how to recreate it. I couldn't give you a formula and say, do this, 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 and this, you'll end up with a really cool, really functional community. But man, what a special, special thing. Um, when you have so many people that we we've had clients come out this year and kill, you know, three ducks. We've had clients come out this year and kill stacks of ducks, but we had clients come out with kill three ducks and they leave with a smile on their face. We've had clients come out this year and not kill a duck and leave with a smile on their face. And granted, we want to change that. We want to make that better. But at the same time, what we really want is to know that we've put our best into it and we got to spend time on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning or a Tuesday morning with people that are well we're spending time with, like people that we believe in, people that we love and care about, and people that we just enjoy um, in the very depths of our souls. So, um, I'm so thankful to be a part of a community that has duck, duck hunting as one of their kind of tent poles, but man, um, I'm rambling and I will put a bow on this. Thank you to everyone. Um, again, too, too many to name the Widoms come to mind and Steve Widom like took hours out of his, out of his schedule and built us a trailer for moving people around. Um, 
Stacy and Angela Pinka and Kevin Franklin and, and uh, Hank Brady and all the guys that came and drove people around for us on the farm. Um, I had guys come and, and ride on trips with me in my boat and help me move decoys and everything else. Just, I, I'm thankful for the community. Like I said, I could get way in the weeds of naming like every name. I'm really good with names. So I remember a lot of them, but that's not the point. The point is we're just so thankful to be a part of it. Um, we hope everyone is having a great week. Prayerfully, Emily will be back next week. I have no idea where Nate is because this is Monday night at eight 30. And I'm like, I'm not even going to bother Nate with this. Um, still stay with us on, uh, the Thursday shows. They will be coming back. They will be rebranded as the all Florida podcast. All Florida is coming guys. I know I keep saying that over and over and over again. Don't give up on us. If you didn't find, and I know I got so many messages saying, Hey, where is the all Florida Facebook page? And I didn't respond to all of them. And I'm sorry. Um, the social medias will be all FLA org. So you can find that and like it. If you want to on Facebook, I'll start sharing that out in the next week or so. Um, and we have, I think finally resolved all of our back end issues. Maybe there's one outstanding as far as the website and membership and donations and all that stuff goes. Um, but really excited to just tell more of what that, that organization is going to look like, how it's going to function, uh, the gap that I think it's going to fill in the nonprofit space and in the conservation and environmental space. So thank you guys all for giving me 30 minutes of your week. I hope everyone has a great week in, Oh, before I go, make sure for all of your interest needs, you reach out to our loan sponsor. We're always looking to add more sponsors. If you own a small business or you'd like to be at one of our sponsors, reach out to me and we can figure out about that. But our sponsor who kind of keeps us rolling is Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. Or you can email him fhallett at hallettins.com. I'm not going to sing the song because you guys have suffered from my voice well enough, long enough tonight, but please make sure to reach out to Fletcher. He loves to talk to people from the cast and blast community. Fantastic guy. We've talked about him ad nauseum. Fletcher is one of us. He shows up at commission meetings. He is a conservation advocate. He's a hunting and fishing advocate. He is a sportsman. He's a duck hunter. He's a deer hunter. Yeah. He told me the other day, the only meat he buys at the store is chicken. So that should tell you the, the type of guy that you're dealing with. Just a fantastic dude. Um, so reach out to Fletcher. Thank you guys for all your support. Thank you for listening to us. Go buy some hats. And in the meantime, y'all stay woke. <laughs>